Bienvenidos y bienvenidas a Puentes para la Misión. No Welcome to Bridges for Mission. Bienvenue au Pont pour la Mission. Hello everyone, listeners from Nepal, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, Dominican Republic, Hungary. We are so delighted that you have joined us. I am Reverend Sandra Dorsonville, um, one of the co-creators for Bridges for Mission, and I'm here with Minister Nicole Cox. Hello everyone. And we are, this is so exciting, because this is the last episode for season five and we are live from puerto rico yes oh and we have a special guest for us it's a special treat um we've been minister nicole cox our special assistant as well pastor james williams have been so welcomed by uh, the puerto rico region a lot of the youth coordinators and all, I mean, it is amazing, listeners, of what is happening with our youth, our young people, our young adults in Puerto Rico. So we need to bless um, the region, bless the pastors, all the movement that is happening, truly equipping of the children. And um, we could even have another episode just with the young people. But mm -hmm. for now, yeah. for now, we have a special guest in our midst, the president and presidente de international <laughs> ministries. I was trying, <laughs> but the president of the International Ministries is with us, Hermano Roje Medero, um, is going to chime in for a little bit. Well, hello, Jorge. Thank you. Hello, Sandra, for having me at this podcast of, for Bridges for Mission. Is, uh, I'm honored. I'm honored to be with you at this, uh, at this time. No, it's great to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. And, um, you know, with this podcast, we try to cover short-term mission, the impact that it has had globally being uh, part of international ministries from the sending perspective, the receivers, the volunteers, all of it. Mm -hmm. In a recent conversation while we were um, in Puerto Rico with the region, you mentioned about the love and the passion that you have for short-term. So I'm, I know the listeners are going to mm -hmm. want to hear more. So can you tell us what impact has short-term mission had on your life? Uh, I'm pleased uh, to share my experience because short-term mission has been uh, a spark uh, all of my life. When I was in college, I went to Guatemala and eventually in my life I went to Dominican Republic and, and also I went uh, on a mission trip to Chiapas, Mexico. So being part of IAM was uh, because I had those short-term missions in my life and they have uh, touched very deep in my life and my heart to be with people and I love uh, short mission trip uh, it is part of the uh, the heart that I have with I am and also with, with missions so uh, uh, it has transformed my life and uh, it sparked that uh, movement to be with I am Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. And I know Minister Nicole Cost has a question for you, so I'll turn it over to Nicole. Yes, I do have a question. Um, so through our conversations that we've had in our time in Puerto Rico, um, you mentioned promoting short-term mission. Um, and as you just said, it's such a huge spark in your life. So how do you go about promoting 
short-term mission trips in your role as president of the board? Thank you, Nicole, for asking me that question because part of the uh, job that I want to do as president is promoting uh, short-term mission because it was part of uh, my life and because of that I've been passionate in missions and I've been also very involved with I am. Uh, so at every time that I have the opportunity, for example, at the Puerto Rico region, and also I've been talking as a speaker with the uh, New York Metro, ABC uh, Metro New York uh, Hispanic churches, I, I promoted the short-term mission uh, because I think that is the initial step where people get involved with missions. And I believe that's uh, very important that churches and sometimes, let me mention that, sometimes people doesn't know all the resources that I am has with the Chorton mission. So I am uh, pleased and honored that uh, the area director, uh, Sandra Dorsenville, is doing a very good job in terms of promoting Chorton mission. And uh, as I said before, every time that I'm with uh, uh, a, any, any church, and obviously speaking about uh, missions, I obviously say, short-term missions is the way to involve the church. And I was also saying when I was at a radio station talking uh, about I am, that mission is the part of the energy that keeps the, the church moving. Uh, and I think it is essential for churches to be involved. And obviously, short-term mission is part of that process of the church uh, being involved in short-term missions. Thank you so much. And we'll have um, Jorge Madero maybe on another episode to continue the conversation. I'll be glad to. How lovely it was to have um, Jorge Madero join us um, for this podcast. Um, I'm glad we seized the opportunity. Yes, me too. It was wonderful to meet him and um, to chat with him about his role as the board um, with being new new-ish still to I am in a sense. I'm still kind of learning some of the um, the roles that everybody has. So it was wonderful to chat with him and to have him share um, in his ministry. Yeah, no. It, um, for me, as we, you know, reflecting about Bridges for Mission and all that, um, I think I've never really asked you, how did you get involved in short-term mission? Um, well, I didn't grow up in the church, um, so I didn't really come into my faith in, um, until college when I got involved in my college chaplain program, um, and so I did kind of what we would call whole missions. Um, I did some within the States. Uh, we went on three trips during um, spring break and things like that, but I never really did anything international, so I still technically haven't done an international mission trip like we would normally call a 10 day mission trip, what we do with volunteers. I still technically haven't done one of those yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm super excited, but I got involved because a friend of mine from seminary um, was like, you should sign up for this position. You should get involved with international ministries. I think you'd be wonderful for it. Um, even though you haven't done international short term, he was like, this would be really good for you. So, you know, with some pushback and some no's, you know, God was like, ha ha no, thank you. We're going to change that. Um, So then that's how I got involved with the international side, but short term in general, it's still, I'm still very new to the whole world of missions. Mm. But I thought you had done a trip to Israel. Was that a discovery trip with um, when you were in seminary, correct? We would consider, I think that's something we would consider as a discovery trip. So 
Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah, it was it was more an education base. It was a lot of the the touristy things. Um, we went and saw all the big sites and and things. We didn't really have a a ton of interaction with the local people outside of shops and markets and things like that. So, in some sense, you could, but it was more touristy. Um, so, yeah, no, it's good. It's good for our, our listeners to that we definitely make that distinction. Um, being going as God's ambassadors go uh, versus going as a tourist. Um, And yeah, so it'll be exciting to see how, um, how God meets you on your first short-term international short-term mission trip. And um, Mm -hmm. because the world is really open to you. Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) So a question that I have for you um, is in getting to know you, um, Working for missions was also not your first career. This is definitely kind of uh, a wonderful second career that you've that. Well, I guess I could say God has put you in. Um, So how did you move from one career to another and get involved with international ministries and short term mission? That is an excellent question. (laughs) Yeah, God has a funny sense of humor when he knocks at the door and then he is very patient. Um, And that is true. I was involved in the disability world for um, a good 25 years, Um, went to grad school for it. I was originally thinking of becoming a psychologist. So I had that kind of doctorate um, track in mind and then took a class in, um, in grad school, uh, the impact of disability on the family. And that just completely, really, I was sold. I was absolutely passionate about it and still am um, with the disability field. And I think God was really opening my eyes to um, folks in the margins, folks on the in the shadows and how, how do we reach out to them? Um, and he's been patient with the, the, the whole ministry piece. I, I, <laughs> I said no many times. Um, and uh, I am more of an experiential learner. So God just immersed me into pastoral ministry. Um, and, um, and then, you know, the rest is really history, doing seminary and um, in a very ecumenical and interfaith um, because that's also something that's very dear to my heart to have that that welcome roundtable type of situation that we welcome all at the table. Um, and how do we have those conversations, um, those religious conversations, those faith conversations? Um, and um, in Massachusetts, I was part of the the regional staff um, for a few years um, as the associate executive mission. Uh, associate executive minister to short-term mission and stewardship. So doing development work and fundraising and, and helping churches with, with that aspect, as well as mission. And the mission piece was national and international. Um, and then a position opened at, at IM um, that narrowed the focus even more to just mission um, and outreach and connecting with churches and stuff. So it was, um, it spoke to my heart and, and here I am and loving every minute of it. And I can't believe that it'll be five years already. Um, Easter 2022. Yeah. 
That's wonderful. Even though you get to work with me on a daily basis, I'm so happy you still love it and all my antics. <laughs> uh, yes, I listeners, it is a mission trip working with Miss Nicole. <laughs> Uh, it's a good learning. I, I have to, yes. And I am grateful to God for the continuation of the learning that happens. Um, having Nicole as in her role as associate to short-term mission and emerging leaders, um, which is really exciting. So, yeah. Uh, a question that I have for you, Nicole, um, <laughs> is around the whole aspect of, you know, young adult and being servant leader and being, you know, rising leader in the field, what do you find challenging as a young adult? Um, there's a lot, unfortunately. Um, so, and I won't go all into everything right now because you definitely don't have the time. Um, but I think being a young adult servant leader, um, Age is definitely, it's, I mean, it's implied in the name, young adult, you know, um, people see someone who isn't, you know, at a certain age and they just assume that they don't have the experience or the knowledge or the gifting to do, you know, whatever task is laid out in front of them. Um, and it also really just depends on um, a little bit of the culture. So I grew up in the South and so it is very much um, respecting elders and, you know, people above you have more authority than some of the young leaders do. Um, and then here in the North, it's a little different, but there's still challenges for young adults. Um, because, you know, we may not have 20 years experience in a field. Um, but you know, we're trying, you know, we're, we're going to school, we're doing the best we can. We're getting out there doing as much experience as we can, um, to, to gain more knowledge and to have more hands-on, um, time with it, but, you know, we're not going to be able to learn and to be able to have that experience if mentors aren't giving us the opportunity. Um, and yes, it can be a risk taking, um, a chance on a young adult who hasn't been in a field for very long. Um, but that's the only way we grow. That's the only way we learn. That's the only way we're able to do anything. Um, so it's challenging, you know, there's ups and downs for having, you know, a younger, a younger, quote unquote, younger mind with new ideas and a whole new generation, but then not having 20 years in the field. Um, there's that balancing act that must go on, but it is beautiful. And, and I love it because I, then I get to meet other young adults who are going through similar struggles um, and to kind of band together in a sense to say, you know, this has been my experience and this is what I've done to work through this. And, you know, or this is where I've gone to help me, you know, become better educated or better skilled at, at this task. So it's, it's definitely an, an interesting journey being a young adult um, in any field, I would say, not even not just in what my current field is, is with missions and ministry and things like that, but I would say in any field. Um, across the board, it's it's challenging, but it it's also um, it's also a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it's very rewarding, and we can see it when we were meeting with the young adults in Puerto Rico, the different trainings that we held, and mm -hmm. the the energy in your um, in your section um, was yeah. just so palpable. Um, <laughs> and it, yeah, it was it was really beautiful to to witness and to see transformation happening as the circles um, and people were interacting. And for me, I mean, watching that, it, it reminded me of the, 
one of the episodes that we've had in season four, where we had the two seminarians, um, mm-hmm. and they were two, from two different um, seminaries, Palmer and Fuller, and how they shared about um, their own experience as young adults, servant leaders, and um, yeah. and I remember one of the phrases they said: "It's you know, to be a token voice or presence um, in a room can has its up as its down, like you were talking about." So. Right. Like I said, it's just that balancing act. And it's true for anybody in any role, young, old, middle-aged, however you want to label it. There's always that balancing act. There's always, uh, you know, that hierarchy within age and experience and knowledge and all sorts of stuff. So it's, you know, it's just our, our part in life. That's just where we're at at the moment. And in 20 years, we'll still be, we'll still be fighting the same fight. It'll just be looking a little different, you know, a little more gray hair or whatnot, or, you know, whatever. I'm already getting gray hair. So that's why I say that, you know, I'm with, with a gray streak. So, you know, but it's the same, you know, it's about in 20 years, you'll be mentoring newer young adults because you did mention the the role of uh, mentoring and how important that was. Um, so yeah, no, it's good. It's all good. Listeners, it's all good. <laughs> it is. It is. So do you have an episode that impacted you the most? One or two or several? I mean, it's hard. We've we've done many episodes in the past um, 16 months. We have. We have. Um, I think one that really impacted me, and partly because we're talking about young leaders, but also just because they're just incredible, is um, one of the other episodes we did with two missionary kids. Um, who have pretty much grown up on the field um, in a, what we would call a foreign land, but they call home, you know, um, it it was really interesting to see what their life is like as an MK. Because we just, I think we all assume just like with PKs, uh, pastor's kids, that, you know, they have the run of the mill. They get to kind of do what they would like because, you know, they're one of their parents is in charge of the church but it's, it's different. You know, there's a different responsibility that comes with being either a pastor's kid or a missionary kid because of the presence that your parents have. And, you know, they didn't necessarily choose to be missionary kids for some of them because they were truly honestly born, you know, in the field. And some may have gone a little, um, when they were a little older because their parents went after they were already born, but, you know, it wasn't a path that, they necessarily chose, but it's the path that they were put on because of their family, but to see how, how much they love it. Um, and to see how, you know, their worldview is completely different because they grew up outside of us territory, but they're still us citizens and still called both places home. But, you know, that whole distinction for us with the U S is home for us, but it's not just us is home for them. It's wherever they're serving is also home. So that, that distinction between what we would say a foreign land, but home for them, um, which is so beautiful and how they, um, also become a part of the ministry, you know, yes, they're growing up in what, in, in the ministry, but how they also become leaders themselves within it, um, as, you know, young adults or teenagers or, or whatever age, it was just, I don't know. They just really inspired me to to do more and to have a, a wider world view because of 
because of where they've grew up and where, you know, where they call home and, and how they see the world and ministry and interacting with people of different cultures. So I think for me, that episode was definitely one, um, that comes to mind often. Mm. No, it's, it was a great episode. I agree. Yeah. So Sandra, my other question for you, um, is we, we talked a little bit about this, the second career of ministry and missions and things like that. Um, but what some people may not know is you had a little chunk in there of what, about four years or so where you were actually a pastor, um, where that was, that was your ministry was pastoring. So from that experience to what you do now, at international ministries, how did you see missions at work in a local church? Yeah, that's a. No, it's a great question. I was actually bivocational. So I was pastoring part-time and um, head of uh, disability services at a, at a college. Um, and I would say that I, that that was ministry in itself. Um, and I loved both. Um, it was really great to, to pastor a company, um, congregants, to, um, to just on Sunday to share God's word and see transformation happening. So I, I, in a way I can say that I was um, seeing transformation, the same transformation that we see on the mission field right there in the pews and encouraging people as well to, to minister to, to one another in the pews. Um, it was, a, it was a, a church that was definitely uh, very missional, um, national, local, national and international. Um, and so it, it was a nice fit when, when I was called to the senior pastor and, um, and even the, the church where I was ordained from and was in the role of an associate pastor. I had not been called, um, officially as an associate pastor, but I, I had assumed that role and was definitely the, the outreach person, the mission leader, um, in that was as well, um, a missional church. And so the churches where I did a lot of my practicum, um, my youth ministry years uh, was an urban church um, for four years. Um, and that was definitely the, the whole urban ministry, short-term mission within an urban setting is very different. Um, and so each one of those stops that I've had along the way, um, looking back, it was um, definitely God's hands preparing for more of the leadership role at an international level because I, all of the, the audiences that I had from youth ministry, having, you know, working and ministering with, with youth, um, middle school, high school and, and college, um, as well as when I was bivocational um, with college students and then senior pastor, uh, with more of the, the seasoned um, congregants um, was real, yeah, was all equipping and um, that missional journey, that Emmaus journey or that Jericho journey. Um, but it was, it was good. Um, and mission has always been part of my life. Um, we've always traveled as a family. We've always um, served as a family. So now God flipped it in being more of a, in the leadership role with that and encouraging others because that's what I feel that it is. We are big encouragers and accompaniers. Yeah, that's wonderful. That's beautiful. I love that idea of um, 
or really the concept that mission is everywhere um, and in everything that you do, even if it's not labeled mission work, that it is, it is and still can be mission work in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, we serve as, and really that's something for me that is fundamental um, is that it's, we serve 24 seven. We don't just serve on 10 days when we're somewhere Mm -hmm. or um, Sunday morning when we're at church um, before, after for like, you know, three or four hours and that's it. It's that concept of embracing our life as Christ followers. 24 7 so amen yeah any last words for you as we reflect back on this year and um for me i'm really grateful to be in puerto rico and i've had the opportunity to to meet siblings in christ who are passionate about serving passionate about wanting to know more um Mm -hmm. and really wanting to yeah thirsting for the more um but looking back this past year for you, what, what comes to mind? Um, I would just say that I am just very thankful. Um, one for the listeners, because if we had no listeners, there'd be no purpose to, to doing this, but you know, but for the listeners who take the time every other week to listen to our podcast is as ser- silly or serious as they may be, you know, they take both of them and they just, they, they love them. Um, but also just for the guests that we have, um, for saying yes, um, to us asking if they would want to be a part of it. Um, because listeners, if you, you, you won't know this, but a lot of the time we get on a, on a call to, to do the recordings and they're like, this is my first podcast. I don't, I'm, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. And we're, and then it turns out and it's just an absolutely fantastic episode. So mm-hmm. it's just, it's, um, it, it's very cute and heartwarming to see how, you know, nervous some people may be, or if this is their first time, but they still say yes to it and stepping out of their comfort zone. Um, so, and then, yeah, I, I would just say thank you to the listeners and thank you for the guests that say yes. And, you know, just let us know what you want to hear, you know, reach out to us at I am. And if you've got a suggestion or, or whatnot, we would, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. I would love to hear from all of you. Um, the best way to reach us is volunteers at international ministries.org. Um, and yeah, make, make suggestions. We have, God has given us um, some ideas for season six and seven. Um, but we are open to your suggestions. So, mm-hmm. so we want to say thank you. Thank you for the over 2,300 followers that we have at this point. Thank you for the newer listeners that have just joined and just found us on all of the podcast platforms. Um, and thank you for Nicole for staying open to some of the wild ideas that I have when after I come back from a walk. Um, it's been it's been a journey. Thank you to all our guests. And thank and you, so- Sandra, for the idea. As wild and crazy as it may be, it has definitely been fun. <laughs> So we wish you um, a Merry Christmas, mm-hmm. safe end of the year, and we look forward to having your suggestions in 2022. We thank you for listening to Bridges for Mission. You can find more information about the short-term mission office at internationalministries.org. 
Also, don't forget to get a hold of the new leader's guide entitled Short-Term Mission Team Essentials Together on the Journey. Uh, you can find this on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Book Baby, and that we are so glad that you joined us today. So thank you for all the subscribers and from listening from all continents. Thank you and have a good one.